internet, you're tuned in to episode 87 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Hello, Steve. We are back. Uh, we're back in the groove. Two weeks in a row, just you and me. No DJ, yeah. unfortunately. He left for cigarettes, and I don't know, I guess he's not coming back either. I, I think he got caught up with Pixel. They're just having a chat uh, in the queue, I think. You know, I think I think what I've learned over the these 86 episodes 80 probably probably closer to 90 when you count all of the uh you know the the false start episodes we had there in the beginning but you know between that between after dark you're the one i can count on steve you're the one who's here you know you're not you know i mean yeah you went on a long hiatus last year and you know you left me for dead at that point too but you came back nobody else has come back i did yeah when i was able to move back into my house i came back yeah (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that was like a good excuse <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, uh, so so we're back welcome back to another episode of the podcast loopots.com's weekly nintendo podcast where we get together and talk about all things nintendo uh if you want to get some more content from us of course head over to loopots.com check out the youtube channel check out the twitch channel if you want to support this show give us a like on your audio platform of choice share it with the nintendo fans in your life and let them know we're out here doing you know probably one of the best podcasts in your feed let's be real and that they should come get a slice of it and uh, of course the best way to support us is to head over to patreon.com slash loopots where you can hit us at that one dollar level and get access to our patreon exclusive show after dark where every week after the show we keep talking for another hour about other stuff and it's a good time so uh, if you want to get an extra little slice of loop pots every week and uh you know get to come and support the show and do all that fun stuff um just like i'm gonna give a shout out to one of our patreon producers uh this is for our our pal that doc guy christopher uh thank you for the support and uh if you want to head over and support the show just like they did that's the best way to do it uh, and if you want to be involved in the show, you can, of course, head over to our Discord and join uh, join up over there. Head to the podcast channel and get your questions read right on the show in our mail pot segment, just like a bunch of fine folks did this week. Or you can write to me at Pete at LootPots.com or get our weekly Twitter thread over again at LootPots uh, every Thursday when we uh, tweet out asking for questions for the show. So I think that's enough shilling for now, Steve. Let's talk about <laughs> what we're playing. I uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna start because I've got two old games that I want to breeze right through, and then I'll kick it to you for a bunch of new goodies, and then we'll kick it yeah. back to me. We're, well, we're... I mean, I don't know if mine you want to talk further on in the show, so we don't. That's the whole problem. It's, I surprise. feel that way about things in both of ours. So, all right. Mm. So here's here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. You go first with your Joy-Con story. Okay. Then we'll kick it to me, and we'll save all your other stuff for later in the show. Okay. Right. All right, okay, good. Yeah. We workshopped it. Let's go. <laughs> so, you know, I had to, an issue, as many, many, many people have had with their Joy-Cons of them drifting. Of course. Uh, so I, I thought I'd fixed it with a bit of contact cleaner underneath. I remember talking about it on the show when Chloe was on, on, and she said that the problem kept returning for her after she did it. And right on cue, around about a month after I had put the contact cleaner on the Joy-Con started drifting again. And this was when I was on holiday, so it was extra annoying because oh, no. like, my Joy-Con drifted and it was just impossible to play. I would just be stood still in Animal Crossing and he would just be walking up the screen and it was just mega infuriating. And McCallis started doing it around the same time as well um, because I had to buy a used Switch when I bought McCallis because they were just sold out everywhere at the beginning of lockdown. So 
I bought a couple of um, replacement uh, Joy-Con thumbsticks. So Pixel sent me this website called Replace Base, and they sell actual OEM Nintendo Switch parts. So I wow. bought a couple of OEM Nintendo Switch sticks, and it was super easy to uh, undo and just swap the the sticks in and out. There's a few ribbon cables you have to uh, go careful with, but otherwise it's just uh, one of those tri-wing screwdrivers and a small Phillips head screwdriver. If you've already got the screwdriver set, which I did, then you can just quickly go in and, and do it, and um, now it's working fine. That's awesome. How much were the replacement parts? So the replacement parts, it was £6 each for each stick, but they did like a three for two. And I'd imagine you can get them elsewhere. I know they had some on Amazon, but Pixel said to go careful on Amazon because some of them are like fake parts or not not as good quality. Yeah. Um. So I would I would shop around see if you can get a, an OEM uh, part if you can if you're looking to do yours because I know you said you're having some problems with yours. Yeah, I have like I think every one of my Joy Cons right now, or, or, or all but maybe four of them now have drift. Um, and it went from you know I famously for the first several episodes of the show was like i've never had joy con drift and i've been really lucky and i have a lot of joy cons and then all of a sudden they all just turned on me um so and now nintendo's place is closed again so you know i i don't want to just buy new joy cons if i can just fix the problem so i you know i'm thinking i might i might invest in uh, a couple of these replacements and see how i do yeah, it's so easy. You won't you won't break it. I don't think that was where I was at. Like, I know I could send it into Nintendo because I think they're open now, but I know that means I'm like three, four weeks without some Joy Cons, and I can't really play my Switch because I'm like you. I've got two full sets of Joy Cons, and all of them are drifting. I've only replaced the left joystick at the moment in mine because the right one seems okay. Uh, but if it does go, I've got a spare that I can just swap out. <laughs> I think the reason I want to send them in is because I have so many that are messed up, you know? And it's like, okay, maybe I just buy one replacement set and fix it <laughs> yeah. so I have a set. Uh, but I could also just use my Pro Controller if I need to. You know, I don't know. I've all, like We've also, me and McCoy have kind of gone down that rabbit hole of looking at all these custom shells you can get. And like I'm I'm toying with the idea oh, of making no. a translucent set of Joy-Cons oh, at the moment. Yeah. To Dude, go they're with, so like, expensive. Yeah. That's the one reason I haven't done it is like... Those shells will be like ninety dollars, and I'm like, ah, that's a lot. But they look so good. Imagine having like a uh, old school N64 style see-through, yeah, purple one. That's what I want. And I, I you know, I, I feel like it is really cool to have like a Joy-Con set that no one else has, or not no one else, but like you know, definitely no one you know has. Yeah, it is cool. Um, I would love to get like translucent, like orange or something like that. Oh yeah, something real hot. Or purple, it'll be classic, <laughs> I guess. But the thing is, like the the base blue, like the like real light blue that they have, is like my ideal color for Joy Cons already, because it's the oh, really? same as. I mean, if you can see Steve behind me, I have my original Game Boy on the shelf. It's as close as you can get to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like basically the same color. Like that that one's a little bit more teal. Uh, if you could the, get one that was identical to that, would you do it? Yeah. Like the ones I was considering doing as well were the NES style ones. Have you seen them where they've got like the NES mm-hmm. print on them and they look so good? So, or, or even the SNES ones, I've been considering those as well because they even come with that with the replacement buttons, either the coloured ones mm-hmm. or just the purple ones. If you get like the North American style, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the coloured buttons like alone 
would be like worth it, you know? Because that's yeah. just like such a cool thing. That's like my favorite thing about my um, the Spider-Man controller that I have that came with my PS4 Pro, where it's got all the buttons are are white and red. Oh, it's so cool because <laughs> it just looks different than everything else, you know? So you've been playing a bunch of stuff this week that's really off-brand, I would say. There's nothing in here I can see that currently runs on a Nintendo platform. I mean, it may in the future run on a Nintendo platform, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's like, I, I feel like this whole summer I've just been like, in absolute betrayal of the loot pot. It's because brand. you've been replaced by Pete's evil twin. That's what it is, and it's like the real Pete's dead. P- PS4 Pete. If you're a Spider-Man fan, I'm the is the Ben <laughs> Riley years. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's like I feel like all summer, like it's like I haven't been streaming and I've only been playing PlayStation games. <laughs> and like that's been my whole summer. I'm just like I'm just playing Ghost of Tsushima by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so. Speaking did of, you see the co-op update for that? Are you gonna? I did. Are you excited for that? Um, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm excited for it, but it's definitely like piqued my interest. And I know, like, I tweeted about it and was like, "Who wants to play this with me?" And uh, one of our listeners, Olaf from the Discord, uh, was like, "Yeah, I'll definitely play it with you when it drops." So I might play it and stream it with him or something. Um, That'd be cool. But I, I'm not. I'm not inherently disinterested in it. But like, I don't. I'm never a person who plays a game like that and is like, if only there was a multiplayer mode, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like my multiplayer games to be, like, multiplayer only. That's just a weird thing for me. I don't know. Like, I gravitate towards weird. those. Like, it's not a conscious rule, but it's I've never engaged with, like, the multiplayer mode of a single-player game because I think a lot of single-player games, I either play them right at launch. Even, like, a Call of Duty? I mean, or you're not talking like that style game. No, I'm not really talking about that style game because I guess like Halo's a great example of like one where like I like both, but like I never played like The Last of Us multiplayer, you know, or like I oh, never yeah. played Mass Effect 3's multiplayer, you know, and I just wasn't interested in those things because I feel like those things always feel just like an afterthought to me. It's like, oh, uh, the publisher wants multiplayer. Let's just chuck this boring ass uh, battle zone thing and right. just tick a box and say we've done it. And I feel like with Ghost, I don't get that impression because obviously that's not like a thing that people do anymore. So if they added a multiplayer, I'm sure it's because they wanted to, um, not because there was like a Sony mandate because none of their other games had that requirement. But it's like no. I was talking about this with my dad though. Like we think the Sony mandate is you've got to include some motion control support. Like in The Last of Us, it's shake the Joy-Con, shake the controller the light. to like to get the light. And there's got to be some kind of touch thing. There's no there's motion like stuff some... in Ghost, but the touch. Uh, the touch thing is for. Yeah. But they use it really well in that. Like it's it's really cool stuff. Like. To swipe up is to get the the gust of wind that I told you about. That's your waypoint. Okay. To go left is um, I forget what left is right now, but down is to bow to other people, and then right is to fling the blood off your blade or to clean your blade and then sheath your sword, which is just okay. That's actually quite cool. Yeah. Whereas in Uncharted Four, it was flicks and pages in a book. Yeah, and it's like it's this like is, not this is just that. a real cop out. Yeah, yeah. For this, it was like oh, this is like a natural thing that I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, left is to play your flute, which lets you control the weather. Yeah, that's it. So it's that's a bunch of stuff that like they make really easy, accessible. Like it's like, oh, you have four extra buttons on the controller, basically, to map yeah. like basic functions that you do all the time. Um, 
But anyway, the reason I brought up Ghost was because <laughs> I'm, this is the last time I'm going to talk about it. I beat the game this week, and then I also got the Platinum. Wow, okay. Uh, so I have, I'm done. I've put it to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's on your shelf, and it shall never be touched again. It's one of the few games I have the Platinum in. Um, the last one I did this it for, and Spider-Man Spider-Man was the last one I did it for and then I don't think there are any other like games you actually have to work for the platinum that I have it in like I have others and like because like, I think I have played like a telltale game on my PlayStation and like you get a platinum just for beating it basically um, oh, yeah, okay but yeah so I think it's like one of like only three or four that I have <laughs> but uh yeah one of two that I actually worked for I have zero, and I really don't care about achievements or trophies. That's, I think, a conversation for another day. But Yeah. Like, I mean, the thing is, I don't really either. Like, I used to kind of care about achievements on Xbox because um, when they were still, like, kind of... I don't know, like, in the Xbox 360 generation, you know, they were newer and they felt more relevant. And, like, your gamer yeah. score was, like, a thing, you know? And it wasn't, like... It didn't really matter, but, like, me and my friends, I remember, had kind of, like, a, a loose competition going of, like, who's got the most gamer score? Like, who's beaten the most games? Like, whatever. Um, and that was just in good fun. But as soon as I kind of gravitated back towards PlayStation, like, I never really was – I was like, I don't really care about trophies, you know? Um, but in Spider-Man and Ghost, the reason I got them was – and this is kind of, like, where I – you know, get interested in trophies on some level is like, I just want to play this game as much as I can. You know, I want to do everything there is yeah. to do. So it was like, okay, cool. I really love this game. I don't want to be done with it yet. So let me do this as kind of like a, a nod to how much I liked it. You know, I don't know when I'll do it again, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Next time a game strikes I, my fancy. Like, I briefly looked at the trophies for the last of us too. And I was just like, there's no way I'm going back through this game nah. to find every single collectible. It's just not ever going to happen, and there's no way I'm ever going to get a platinum on this game. See, so I just gave up. And I think the reason I was down for it with both Spider-Man and Ghost were, like, neither of them had, like, a you have to beat the game again, or you have to, like, do this. Or, like, it was easy to be done with the game and then be like, oh, cool, I can just go clean up all these tasks I didn't finish. Because by the time I got I'm, to the end of the game, I had, like, 80% of the trophies already. Like, I only had to do, like, a few things. That would be the only way I would do it. No, there's absolutely zero chance I would ever do it otherwise. Like, I had beaten the game, and then I had one more, one and a half more sessions. Not even half. Like, one more session with it, and then I sat down and played it for another 20 minutes and, and wrapped it up totally. So, um, I loved it. I've talked about it for a few weeks, so obviously everyone knows I like it. But you should go play it if you haven't. I, you know, I, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got back into Persona 5 Royal literally immediately afterwards. Like I said, I played 20 more minutes of Ghost, and then we're like, all right, back to Persona. Let's go. I'm here. Let's let's jump back into it. What was I doing? I thought you were done. I didn't think there was any chance you were going back to another huge game after. I think I paused it at exactly the right place, because I remember when I picked it back up, Sarah was like, do you remember what you were doing? And I was like, vaguely? And I... And like... I actually knew exactly what I had been doing. I just didn't remember where I had left off in this interim period. Because, like, you've played Persona, so you kind of know how it goes, where it's, like, every palace, there's, like, you do the palace, and then there's however many days you had left to just yeah. bullshit. So I stopped playing after I beat the fifth palace, I believe it is. I don't want to say the character's name because it's a spoiler. But... um. 
the pyramid. I did that one. I love that one. And when that was done... That's the last one I've done. So any further now is spoilers for me. So Never ever to go past that. I did, though, I did that, and then in the interim period, you have this point where you're waiting for another character to kind of come back into the, the fray. So that's where I stopped. So when I picked it up, I had like two or three more days of just like bullshit before the story started advancing again. And I knew what I had done in the story the last time I had played, and I remembered what was coming. So it was like, oh, all right, great. Like, this is a perfect place for me to pick back up and not feel lost. Like, the only problem was that for the first, like, 20 minutes I was playing, I was like, oh, what are all the buttons again? And then I was just like, Yeah, oh, my God. I was ranting about this on Twitter. I was like, they need to have some kind of space you can go into, like Smash, Mm -hmm. where you can just fuck around with all the buttons and figure out what to do. Because I tried going back to Horizon when it was announced for the PC, and I was like, you know, I want to go back and get into that DLC that I never, ever got to because it was ridiculously hard. And the buttons are just impossible. I couldn't figure out how to do any of it. That's why I never played the DLC for Horizon. I was so excited for it, and I picked it up, and I was like, I don't remember how to play. Crap. Yeah. (laughs) And I also would love to see more games do uh, story recaps like Until Dawn did. Yeah. They did, like, every chapter you would have, like, a recap, like, previously on Until Dawn. And I wish, when I went into, like, Persona, I could have just a recap of everything that's happened up until now if I wanted. I will say, Steve, Royal has something like that. Uh, it has, like, a the okay. story so far kind of thing where you can, like, look at, oh, here's a here's all the beats so that if you do walk away and you come back, you could read a recap of, like, what had happened and get caught up again. Because that's a big problem for me. I got as far as you are into it now, and then another game come up, and I don't know if I could pick it back up. Unless I go back, or I guess I could talk to you and be like, well, how did I end up here? What happened yeah. here? Because you've played it now. You should, you should get Royal. I'm not. There's absolutely zero the fucking chance. There's no way I'm getting back to that point. Absolutely skip, no skip way. The cutscenes, you know. Just if like it you know. ever came to Switch, that would be the only time I would pick it up. And I think if it came to Switch, that would be the only time I would finish it because I loved Golden, yeah. uh, Persona 4 Golden on PS Vita because it was portable. I mean, we'll see. Maybe it will. Right? Like they've said that uh, that Golden sold really well on uh, on PC on on Steam. So now they're like, oh, we're gonna bring stuff to other platforms. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so then the other uh, game that I played, which is going to lead us into our first news story here, is uh, I picked up the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 demo. So Was it like a blast from the past nostalgia? Oh, trip dude, it was great. And I'm like, I was in the perfect headspace for it because um, there's this documentary that just came out uh, last week, which is called Pretending I'm a Superman. And it's like about the development of the Tony Hawk franchise and like how it came to oh, be. Shit. and like kind of the like a brief history of skateboarding and everything like that. Uh, and it's a great documentary. I really enjoyed it. And like I came away from it being like, man, I am so excited that Tony Hawk 1 and 2 specifically are getting ported now after just watching this cuz like I'm so eager to play it. And then I was like, "Oh right, the demo. That's amazing." So I downloaded it <laughs> and like that night I was I went and jammed on it for like, I don't know, maybe a half hour or something like that. Um, and I've played it a little bit more since then. You can only do two-minute runs, which is kind of frustrating. So it's like you have to just keep going, going, but, going. Yeah, because they want you to buy the game. But... Well, you can only get the demo if you pre-order the game. So I'm like, dude, I'm already in. That's fucking just stupid. Give me free skate. Just give me free yeah. skate with just Tony Hawk on this one level. I'd be, I'd be good. Um, but 
even so, I've been doing a bunch of stuff. Like I was just fooling around with it, you know, and I was kind of like setting goals for myself of like, oh, I want to do the 900, you know, and like I need to get my score up and then get enough air and like I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. how to play and, and all that stuff. And like immediately I was like, oh, man, I'm so excited for this game in pr- proper because like it I remember they did the Tony Hawk's one and two like remaster as like an Xbox arcade game on the 360 like last gen and it was just like it just didn't feel right like it didn't have the mechanics down and this game like looks feels smells like tony hawk you know like it's it's got the like the menus all feel right the sound effects feel right you know it's got all the music that you remember and like the music's constantly playing and you can skip songs at any time just by pressing r3 so it's like super easy awesome. to like cycle through stuff. Um, there's some like weird little like stylistic changes that they've made. Like uh, a one weird thing is when your character falls off their board, um, they like kind of like have this like uh, like VHS like rewind effect where it's like and like then they're back on their board and they kind of like blink out. It's like it's weird. Like it's not bad, but it's it's just like a weird thing. Um, and they added is like is that because it's meant to be like someone's following you around with a, a like a handicam style thing, I, don't, I or, guess or maybe what? but I don't know I feel like it's just like yo remember the 90s bro and I'm like yeah dude I do it's cool <laughs> yeah um, I lived through them yeah and uh they they have um like these extra little vocables which are weird where it's like if like the character falls it'll be like oh Oh, you know, like stuff like that. That definitely wasn't in the original game where it's like, you don't need to add that. Like, I wouldn't mind if I could turn that off. But um, those are the only things that like stood out to me as being like weird or different. Like everything else was just like, oh, yeah, like this is exactly how I remember this, but better, you know? That's that's good. Uh, And plus they have all of the like, not all, but most of the additions that have come through the gameplay, like, kind of ported back. So it's a lot like when they did, like, Fire Red and Leaf Green on, like, the Game Boy Advance, or then, like, they did Heart Gold and Soul Silver, where it's like, hey, like, here's the spirit of the original, but also all the advancements we've made in the games that you like are here. You know, like, you can do, like, the wall plant, and, like, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what else wasn't in 2. I know manualing wasn't in 2. Um, but either way, like, and so really the only difference between 1 and 2 now is just the areas you go to? Yeah, then? that's why it's 1 and 2. It's like one game with the content of both. Right, okay. Rather than like, it's 1 and 2 on one disc, like the Spyro of the Crash yeah. games were. That's how I presumed it was, to be fair. Yeah, it's I like thought a it was two separate games. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's that's cool. It's like better. It's like what they did with the Crash Team Racing remaster, where they're like, hey, it's the original game story and style, but also there's like... All this other There's content, tracks yeah. and stuff from the later games and, like, extra stuff. You know? It's like, oh, cool. Like, characters that weren't in the first game. It's like, oh, that's great. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I am, I'm super hyped about this game. And uh, there was the kind of, like, news broke earlier today, I think it was. Or it might, it might have been yesterday, whatever. Today or last, late last night, I think, yeah. Yeah. It's, it might be coming to Switch because people found not only, like, if it was just the Pro Controller or it was just the Joy-Cons themselves, I would have written it off as, 
oh, that could easily be just them putting it in for the Steam configuration. But the fact that an actual Switch is in the image of with two Joy-Cons attached to it, that to me signifies that it, they have a a version for the Switch in the way. Yeah, I mean, it's the Switch, it's the Pro Controller, and it's the Joy-Con grip. Yeah. So, yeah, like, the fact that... Them. Yeah, I, with all of that, it's got to be... There's got to be truth and to it, it. It, it, it. And it's not off-brand for Activision to do that. They announced the Crash game later and then brought it to the Switch. They announced Spyro later and brought it to the Switch. Mm-hmm. It's strange that if they've got it in the works, they wouldn't just announce it and say it's not coming day and date with the other ones. I just feel like this is this is what they do. Like this is their strategy, and it's worked out for them. Yeah, because they know people will double dip. It's like, oh, I bought it on the PS4 because I was really excited about it, and now I can play it handheld as well. Right, and I'm one of those suckers. Like I didn't do that with Crash or Spyro, but I'll definitely do that with Tony Hawk if I get into it. Um, That said, I. uh, I was wrong about this one. I didn't think this was going to come to Switch. I remember talking about this in the Discord um, after the announcement from from Jeff Keighley and like the summer game, whatever. Um, and I think I was talking about it with Cronius and was like, I don't know, man. I don't think this one will come, one will come to Switch. Like it looks a little bit too, I don't know, graphically intense. But it's like, yeah, if they're going to just turn all the faders down or whatever, like why not, right? Yeah, just look like the PS One version again. <laughs> Maybe a little better, but uh, <laughs> slightly. Either way, I'm really excited for the game, and my my first impressions of it are very good. So I can't wait to get my hands on it. Uh, so next up on the news list this week is uh, Breath of the Wild 2's Collector's Edition was listed by a European distributor uh, WT and T. Um, yeah, which sounds like it's a type of AT and T. I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird one, but. Uh, they're notable because they also uh, leaked The Witcher 3, um, yeah. the, the port of it that was coming in to Switch, which obviously ended up coming true. And if you'll recall, if you're a longtime listener, and if you're not, we had a whole saga of we knew the game existed. This information had leaked about it. We had had other things to confirm it. Like, we ourselves knew it was coming, but they just were not announcing it. You know, and we're like, uh, maybe we'll see it now. Maybe we'll see it now. And finally, it came. So, you looking at this, you got to imagine um, that there's there's some, you know, where there's this smoke, there's probably some fire, given what's happened in the past. And also, yeah. given our, our own predictions that we felt like the game might have come out this year, you know... Uh, well, I'm beginning to think it's next year now because it's 35 years of Zelda next I'm year. I'm already convinced it's coming out next year, but previously we were like, oh, it could come out this year, and yeah. if not, it'll be early 2021, like in March, and that was when we didn't even realize it was the Zelda anniversary at the time. Well, and and this comes like a day or, or two days after Skyward Sword was on Amazon UK. Right. And like dispatched and sold by Amazon UK as well. So if you're a Zelda fan, there's potentially a lot of stuff coming in the next few months. It might even be announced. I mean, who knows when Skyward Sword is going to come out? I think we've been hearing that, that room, that's been a rumor for a while. I think even the, the producer of the game at one point said that he was working on it. I don't recall that one, but could be true. Um, so yeah, I don't, in general, I, I, think there's probably some credence to this i would expect the game to be coming out like at this point my money's on march and then it comes out like this around the same time that the original did and it's like hey like here's two yeah which uh, i think i could see that happening because i only found out that when the actual date for the mario thing and i think it's in september 
and Jeff Grubb's got like a Nintendo wildcard slot right, right in between two September dates. So I think it's probably we're going to have some Mario stuff in the coming weeks. Yeah, and then set up Zelda for next year. That would be nice. That'd be my guess. So, uh, I mean, I, I just want to hear more. Like, I've been itching to want to play Breath of the Wild again, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, I feel like 2 is probably real close, so, like, I'll just wait it out. But man. I tried to get Macaulay into Breath of the Wild too, so I didn't have to play it, but I could still experience it when it was on the TV, and they just didn't gel well with it at all. But Mario Odyssey, that was a winner. Yeah, I remember you, you saying that. Uh, and I... It's funny because Sarah has beaten Breath of the Wild a few times since we've been together, and I seeing her play it only makes me want to play it again. But like, yeah. I feel like this is what happens every time I, I want to replay a video game. Where like, I was replaying Far Cry Three, and like, I was having fun with it. But like, as soon as I got into into Persona, I was like, okay, I'm 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 on this now. I don't know that I'll come back to that because it's like what I really want is to recapture the feeling of playing it again for the first time. And that's not going to happen, you know? But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so speaking of leaks, uh, lots of lots of leaks this week, man. Um, Prince of Persia uh, might be getting a remake for Nintendo Switch. And this was first spotted by uh, Ken Zyro on Twitter. Um, yeah. Where there have been some listings for the game for Switch, PS4, and PS4. Uh, with an estimated release date of November 2020. Uh, so, you know, right around the corner. And, I mean, it looks pretty legit. So, uh, you know, I, there was kind of a lot of... I, there was a lot of hype around it, and then Jason Schreier came out and confirmed it later on Twitter. So Yeah, he, he like, retweeted it, and then someone said, I don't believe this, and then he replied to them saying, this tweet is not going to age well. So I think he he pretty much knows this one's coming. So uh, that's another thing to potentially look forward to later this year uh, on Switch, which is great. Uh, it's interesting because like Prince of Persia has been quiet for a really long time, and I feel like it's yeah. it's one of those franchises that um, I think there's definitely an audience of people who are like, "Where is Prince of Persia? Like, why hasn't this come back?" And a lot of other people who feel like Assassin's Creed kind of just was the successor. Assassin's Creed dead, yeah, it was. So I, I loved Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, which was the one before this one. Yeah. Um, and I genuinely can't believe how many times Ubisoft reboot this franchise. It's unbelievable to me that they just are like, oh, let's start again. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like, I, I guess that's why it's interesting to me is, like, I feel like there's a place for Prince of Persia. I just don't know what it is. Like, I think the IP has recognition and there's love there. Yeah, I, I think they need to go back to what Santa Time were, was, which was, like, a take on the original but moving into 3D space and more of a platformer. Yeah. But with that cool time-twisting element, I don't think it needs to be that action game where you just slice a bunch of people up. Yeah. And you do all that stuff. I, Assassin's Creed solves that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. I feel like doing something more akin to that is probably, like, the way you let that brand have its own identity. Yeah. I remember how cool it was when... Because it must have been early 2000s. Sans and the time, guy, like, yeah. I feel like that was, like, 2004 yeah. or 2003, maybe. And he, like, ran on the wall, and then you could, like, backflip or do the, um, like, slow down time as he was doing it. It was a really, really cool game. 2003. 
Um, yeah, I, I never played it, but I remember the marketing for it and I was like, oh, that game looks so cool. And I, you know, for whatever reason, just never got into it. Um, and then they just like abandoned it and then came back to it again, but sort of reinvented it a little bit. And I think it lost all that time twisting. Well, I think they they came back to it like when they were doing the movie and stuff. Cause I remember there was like the Disney movie or, or I think it was, um, so yeah, I feel like it's just like. They've tried to mount a comeback for it a couple times, but it's been kind of half-assed. So, I don't know. I don't know if a remake of an old game is the way to do it. But, I don't know. It's worked for other stuff, right? Like, it worked for Crash. So, we'll see. So, uh, moving along into our main topic, we're going to be talking about the Indie World Direct, uh, which... Man, it feels like the first time Nintendo's gotten a, a direct that that landed with people in a while. So <laughs> I'm glad to see it. And it's not even got the title direct, so people are still claiming there hasn't been one for like 500 days. Fine, whatever. Also, you can tell me that there hasn't been one for 500 days. They literally called the last one the Nintendo Partner Direct, so it's they had direct in the title. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, it was partner. It wasn't a proper general sure. direct. Sure, you're yeah. right. You're right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course, Steven. So uh, before we get into the actual announcements of Indie World, there were two kind of little tidbits around it that we wanted to uh, to chew on as well, which was uh, Sports Story has unfortunately been delayed until 2021. Uh, and the yeah, news, I'm gutted about that. Yeah, the news dropped just minutes uh, after they had announced the Indie World Direct. I remember uh, it was so funny. Like, Chloe tweeted about it and was like, please, like, let's see more Sports Story. And then, like, immediately afterwards, they're like, oh, it's delayed. I was, I was just like, oh, rip. That's that's a heartbreaker. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> devastating. But, uh, you know, I think... I, it's hard to be upset, right? Like you have to imagine that this year has been hard for them. They're, oh yeah, they're working massively. remotely and everything. Like you know, I I'd rather them take the time and get it right. The original golf story was so great, and you know, I think there were really no expectations on it. So like with this one, you know, they have a lot to kind of live up to. So I want to see them nail it, not have a sophomore slump. So take all the time you, you need. Twenty twenty one ain't that long away, and there's plenty of games coming out in the next couple months that, you know, maybe not on Twitch, and I maybe that's insensitive for me to say on the show, but... Um, hey, like, I'm looking at the Indie World list, and, and yeah, when I was watching it, it was sort of like, holy shit, how many games are actually being released today? Like, because we, we knew that there was going to be a couple Shadow Drop, but then I think they did, like, five. Yeah, it was... And, cl- and then they added a bunch of free demos and update to an existing game. It was six. Uh, that was... A, Games just mental. that are out today, two free demos, and yeah, then the, the Goose uh, updates come in. So, yeah, true. Lots of stuff on Switch right now, actually, um, which is great, because again, obviously people have been upset about the software drought, and I think a lot of these games looked really good, so I'm sure people were hyped about that. Uh, the other weird little kind of angle to it is um, no Ori. A lot of people yeah. expecting and that we everyone was talking wisps. about it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, everyone's talking about it and kind of anecdotally like w- we know that there are some people who have played it on Switch than that it exists and that there are plans to bring it to Switch. Um mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's weird that like people have it and 
you know, we know that people have it and that it's out there in the wild, but for whatever reason, it's it wasn't here, you know? Like, why not at least announce it? Why not at least put it on the horizon? My, ge- my only guess would be well, either they didn't want to classify it as an indie and they want to move it to the proper direct. another presentation, or they didn't want to kind of steal the limelight from another game that's very similar. That's fair. Yeah, and I, I think particularly on the uh, particularly, excuse me, on the note of uh, of it coming to like the proper direct, there is also the rumor that there's going to be a direct like sometime somewhere around the twenty eighth. Um, that's supposed to be like the first proper Nintendo direct we've had in a while. Um, in f- over five hundred days, Pete. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think e- either if it's <laughs> if it is a, a proper direct or even if it's a partner direct. Either of those could be a place for for Ori to show up. That would maybe make more sense than at Indie World because you know Indie World is I think more to like like sure Ori is an indie game, but it's also published by Microsoft, so it's like you know it doesn't necessarily need that spotlight in the same way that these other games do. Yeah, I mean I agree with you. I think considering everyone knows what Ori is, everyone saw it as like a Microsoft exclusive before. It was, I think it was the second one, only the second one they did after, um, oh crap, what's that game? Cuphead? Cuphead, yeah. Why did I have a mind blank on that? <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, what is it called? ID and Xbox? Yes. Right. I don't know if that's still going. It is. They've, they've. I, I think, I think that branding still exists. I'm pretty sure that Ori is still considered part of that. That's cool. Oh wait, right? Or do they? I don't know. I'm not an Xbox. Know. I have expert. no idea what they're doing. Like <laughs> they did this uh, Xbox Direct brand thing. I can't even remember what they called it. Xbox 2020, I think it was, and and then they dropped it oh. like, a week after they announced it. No, they have that other thing though. Uh, they have uh, Xbox on Xbox or something. Xbox yeah, something like inside. that. It's like, like yeah, it's their like direct. They have so many play. things going on. It's crazy. But they did one, and it was like specific branding. Like we're going to announce everything under this Xbox 2020 brand for the, all of 2020, and then a week later they just dropped it. And Eurogamer asked asked why, and it was like, oh, we're focusing on other things to to uh, share our news these days. Probably I think just, it's probably because 2020 is just a fucking car crash and no one wants to be associated with this year. Yeah, and also, like, I feel like they just have too many brands. Like, there's too many, like... It, the fact that, like, we know that these things exist, but we can't remember the name because there's, like, 16 different, like... It's the same reason they're getting rid of gold, yeah. right? Where it's, like, what, Xbox Gold, Xbox Game Pass, X Cloud, X... What, what X gonna give it to you, whatever. Like, I don't know, whatever. Okay, got it. Lots of Xbox stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna figure it all out this generation when I get a Series X. All right, I'll, I'll. And that's a stupid name in and itself, Series X. It's ridiculous. And then the Series S, which of course we know is coming too. It's okay, great, yeah. great, yeah. Series. All right, so jumping into the actual announcements of Indie World, uh, we're just gonna go through these. If there were ones that stuck out to us, we'll talk about them. If not, we'll kind of just jump jump into the next one. Uh, so first, first up was Hades uh, from Supergiant Games, which are the uh, you know the creators of Bastion. Um, oh, what's their other game that's really popular? Begins with a transistor. Is that? It? I think so. Um, but yeah, so Supergiant, known for their kind of like top-down, like dungeon crawler-y style games. Yeah. Hades, um, you know, I know got some attention last year when it got shown off at E3, and it was, uh, uh, I believe it was an Epic Game Store exclusive 
for a while. It was, yeah. So it, it's it's only just hit 1.0 on the Apex Game Store as of yesterday when this announcement was made. Right. Because it, so, it was in early access until then. It was in early access it was, from yeah. its announcement. I'm massively on board with this. It looks like a top-down Diablo style. My only concern is when they said the words roguelike, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I want to just die over and over again and do the same thing. But I I might play it. As soon as I saw this, I was like, I think Steve would like this. <laughs> yeah, I, I was on board with it. I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I, I remember, like, they said it was Hades, and I, was, I remembered what that was. It was sort of like a uh, roguelike. That uh, opening cinematic was really cool, too. It was really cool, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't... This kind of game doesn't really appeal to me that much. Like, I get into them sometimes. It's got to have a good loop. Like, the only one like this I've I've got into on Switch is Moonlighter. Same. Because it had that loop of go get the loot, put it in my shop, upgrade my shop, do all that. It had, like, the management sim aspect alongside the roguelike stuff. And I don't know if just getting loot in repeat without a story that I'm really hooked into, it's going to be enough for me, but I'll need to see. Yeah, I think, I think I'm in a pretty similar place to you with that one. Uh, so then we also had Hypnospace Outlaw, which is uh, has a free demo out now and is going to be available yeah. on August 27th, which is like right around the corner. Um, this is one I of the played ones that, this demo. Yeah, right. This this was fucking. This is amazing. This game. I cannot wait for this game to come out. It's like GeoCities, the game. So you play. You like log into this uh, early nineties or late nineties operating system, and there's like windows and things, and you have to enforce. Um, there's like copyright strikes and a bunch of other violations that people do, and you have to like browse around the early nineties web and find violations. So in the demo, there's only one you can do, which is find the use of a copyrighted comic on people's GeoCities pages, and you have to, like, report them, and then you collect the equivalent of Bitcoin. And so I was on this, like, I was on this page, and it looked like it was designed by a kid, and she had, like, drawings and stuff. But then you can see the user, and she put a status out, like, I can't believe you can't even put a cartoon on your own website these days. And it was this 59-year-old woman who'd been, like, drawing these terrible <laughs> pictures of these cartoons and putting up on a GeoCities page. It's such a fun game, I can't wait to play it. Um, and it actually has keyboard and mouse support, because Nintendo asked them to add it, uh, because it's very kind of... Oh, that's um, cool. It's, it's a mouse that moves around. Yeah. Uh, you can do full touchscreen, which is how I played it and how I probably will play it, but it's also out on PC, so I'm considering maybe I'll just get it on PC, because it's very much a, a mouse game. Ooh, damn, it's 25% off on Steam right now. It's tempting. This is pretty tempting. Yeah, this one definitely caught my eye as well. Uh, it seemed like a fun time. Maybe I'll check out the demo. Check the demo out. Yeah. Yeah, check the demo out and see how you feel. Because I was sort of like, oh, because there's a premise. Being uh, a moderator on the internet doesn't sound fu- like a fun thing to do. Yeah. But it's, it's the way it's presented to you. I feel like the nostalgia that I have for the old internet is the thing that like really has me like wanting to check it out. You know? Mm-hmm. I miss it. You go to every website as well, and it has like little MIDI files that play, and you can pause them in the bottom corner if you want to. It's so I just, funny, like, I, honestly. I, I, it's so funny. I totally miss that era of the internet. Like, Me I have too. such a nostalgic view of like the old West. Everything was so custom, whereas now you go to 
a page it's like a twitter page or a facebook page it's generic the only thing you can yeah. customize is an image everything, looks everything else is identical even like myspace was cool because like you're able to like do cloning oh, yeah, totally and like make it, it your yeah. own thing you know uh but you know it's how things go i guess we're just old we're, we're a couple of old dinosaurs <laughs> um so the next up was uh, Spirit Fair, which is one of the games that's out now. We've seen this at a previous indie we world, had, yeah, or something, yeah. Um, but this was the one where you play, um, basically, like you're a you have a boat and you're shepherding souls from, you know, after death to the afterlife. And mm-hmm. um, I believe they said it was built like based on mythology in some way or, or something yeah like there's like a norse myth um uh, like a norse mythology that uh the guy that you replace so i've been playing this game and the guy you replace as the spirit fairer is a north one of the norse gods who mm-hmm. who was like seen as the spirit fairer and i think it's why vikings put them on boats and and kind of put them out to sea sure um but i'm not 100 percent sure on all of that stuff um but oh my god this game's so fun like it's just so calming and relaxing. It has vibes of Animal Crossing because everyone you meet is is an animal who somehow is related to you or knows you, uh, and they come and live on your boat, and you have to build them more houses and upgrade the houses. But then it also has like elements of Stardew Valley or um, something like Fallout Shelter. I was gonna to say to it kit- very much reminded me of Fallout Shelter. Yeah, so you have to build a kitchen so you can make food and then upgrade your kitchen because certain people want specific dishes. I've just got a vegan that's moved on to the boat, but she's also really fussy. So I have to make her just vegetarian dishes or vegan dishes, but she also won't eat the same thing more than once. So she'll have something. And then if I try to give it to her again, she'll be like, um, I don't mean to be really fussy, but I've had this recently. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, I've got nothing else here. I have some popcorn. And it's just, <laughs> it's so bizarre. But you you travel around on your boat, you go to islands, you gather resources, and then you use those to upgrade your boat. And it's a really nice loop. There's like fishing. There's all sorts of stuff. You can tend to a garden and grow plants. If you're into that kind of game, if you're into either Animal Crossing Stardew Valley or something like Fallout Shelter, it's um, it's a really fun time, and it's not stressful like some management sims. There's if you don't feed someone, they're not going to die. If you don't tend to your plants, they're not going to wilt. That was what happened it's, with me in Fallout Shelter, where like I was yeah. I had been playing that game um, around the time that it came out for like maybe like a month or so, and then I had like one really bad string of luck where like my entire base like everybody died and it just like collapsed basically and i had like five people left or whatever and i was like i'm done that's it <laughs> like this is the yes, end of the ball of everyone happen. died it's over <laughs> but i haven't got to the point in the game yet where people move off the boat which is when so they, they do a bunch of you have to do a bunch of quests for them so they move onto your boat to fulfill basically their dying wishes mm-hmm. And so some of them want to go see their past homes and, and say goodbye to people. And then you have to take them to the door where they basically go into the afterlife. I haven't had anyone move off the boat yet, so I don't know what happens at that point as to whether I'll get someone new come on or if there's like a finite number of people. So I'm not 100% sure how, how it all works at the moment. This one definitely was interesting to me. Um, it was probably the one that stood out the most to me. Because it, I definitely do like this kind of game, and I could use like something that's like relaxing and story based. So I'm like interested in it, but I, I, 
it's kind of the way I felt about most of the games in this, where, like, there were plenty that I saw that I was interested in, where I was like, oh, like, if I was going to get, like, a review code or something like that, like, I'd definitely be down. But, like, it wasn't... It wasn't anything that was, like, oh, like, I need to go buy this. You know, like, I'd yeah, rather go play in a this place, Persona. But you're not in a place where you're looking for the next game. Right, right exactly. Like, you're, you're settled. You've got a huge game to finish getting through, and then probably, like, another ginormous JRPG to do straight after this one because you're totally masochistic, and that seems to be what you want to do. <laughs> so uh, you're, not, you're not ready for the next game, whereas I think a bunch of people, especially if Switch is their only platform have been dying for new games for sure. and so as soon as as soon as i saw that spirit fair was out because i was really excited about it in the last time we saw it in a, i think it was in another indie world i wanted to go get it i'm glad you're digging it i uh you saying that you that you are into it makes me more interested in it because i think it visually as well like like you need look at the visuals it visually feels like i'm in the the closest thing i can compare it to is i have a graphic novel of neil gaiman's Coraline, and it 100 sure. percent looks like the exact same art cool. like it, it could easily be done by the same artist i have no idea if it is but it looks like that style this and was a, I, I, it just really appeals to me this is another one that had a great trailer like that opening cinematic was awesome. oh it had that, that anime trailer yeah yeah I was like, oh, this is cute. Uh, speaking of cute games, uh, we also got an update on Garden Story, which is another one I think we've seen in another one. No, movie. we haven't. No? So we've seen this one at the Wholesome Direct, but they didn't announce uh, it for Nintendo Switch. That was when I remember seeing it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so getting confirmation that this one was coming to uh, Switch was, was cool. Um, this one is another one where I'm like, I think I'm interested in this. Like this, this. That's where I'm at, and I was like, "Do I like the visual style of this or not?" I couldn't decide if I thought it was generic or if it was a bit rough or if I was just totally on board for this. I I think it's like uh, I kind of feel that way about the visuals, but it's, it's also just kind of like I'm like I don't like like does this gameplay look appealing to me? And it doesn't look unappealing, but it was like I don't I don't know like I guess I just feel like I need to see more of it, and the fact that it isn't coming out until 2021 it's like all right like they have time to to win me over like i'm sure i'll see it at another at another direct or something so yeah um it's it's one i've got my eye on i'm not sure if i'm gonna bite but i think i might uh so then we also got uh subnautica and subnautica below zero both coming to switch um i know you've mentioned that this doesn't run well on xbox it's dreadful on Xbox. It really is hard My to imagine it'll be good on Switch all then. the time. Well, they did get um, whoever did the uh, it was is it Panic Button who did the ports for Doom and um, Wolfenstein on Switch. Yes, they got them to do the PS4 port, and apparently that runs really well. And I would presume they're getting Panic Button to do the Switch port as well. All right, that's cool then. So it may run better than the Xbox version. I might I might be able to to drive with that one then. Uh, so then we also the next one up was uh, Takeshi and Hiroshi. Um, yeah, see, I love the look of this, but I, I, it was just based on visual style. It was kind of the, I think they were like plasticine models. Yes. But then when they showed the gameplay, I was really confused because it was sort of a bit of both. Like there seemed to be cutscenes were in those stop motion kind of claymation things, but then the gameplay was somewhat totally different, which kind of seemed a bit jarring to me. Yeah, it's like it looks like the gameplay is like you designing this infinite runner for the little brother character, which like I'm with you where like the art style of the characters where they're like these claymation kind of like, you know, very cutesy. 
I don't know. Like it's I like that about it, but the actual gameplay of it, I'm like, I don't know how into this I'll be. And if like yeah. it's just stylistically cool and like the story isn't, you know, like super there, I don't I don't know that this will actually be appealing as much as it is just a cool look for a game. You know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's out now, so I maybe I'll have a look at some reviews, see like look at some YouTube videos. I'm sure there's people on Twitch playing it. Yeah, someone's playing it out there. So maybe I'll take a look cuz this one definitely like piqued my interest, but I'm uh I don't know. I don't know. Not totally sold on it. Um similarly, this next one is another game that's out right now. Uh I was interested in it, but I'm I'm not totally sold on it either. Uh, this one was called Raji, an ancient epic, which uh, was really cool because this comes from a, a studio out of India, and the entire thing is based on like Indian mythology and architecture and just a lot of stuff that you don't see in games. Yeah, we never hear about that in Western culture, I don't think. No, and and I I'm like super interested in in Indian culture and like the mythology and and the architecture and like just i i think it's i think their the their culture is really interesting for the same reason that i feel like chinese culture is really interesting because it's so old you know like it's it's, yeah they're this old world culture that like has still you know continued evolving like after all this time you know so like that has always been really fascinating to me um and obviously, it's just so different than ours, right? Like, so I, on that ground, I'm really interested in it, you know, where it's like, that's really cool. Like, I would love to, like, play a game from an Indian developer and, like, get that that vibe because I've never played a game with that feel to it. But, like, the actual gameplay didn't look that appealing to me. And it didn't look bad. It was just like, I don't, like, again, this is just, like, isn't really the kind of game I generally gravitate toward. Mm-hmm. I, no, I'm, I'm with you. I thought it looked visually very good, especially from a, a small indie studio. But I don't know if it's enough for me. I, I mean, it might be one that I kind of see the reviews. I know Parker at the uh, Fnatic's 4 has been playing this one, so I might tune into uh, their podcast this week and see what he has to say. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely be interested to, to hear what he's got. I, I think it's also, like, the kind of thing where, like, these are all games, or a lot of these games are games where I, I like, kind of wanted to be like, hey, can I get a code? Like, I'd love to try this, mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm not totally sold on it. And, like, maybe they'll they'll let me get one and I could stream it or something like that and give it a shot. Because I want to get my hands on it. Like, I want to kick the tires on it and see if it's for me. But I think it's just, like you said, where, like, I'm not really looking for that next game right now. So, like, dropping 20 bucks on an on a an indie that I'm not sold on is like kind of yeah, a tough sell tough. right now. Yeah. You know. It's not I think it's easier to do it when it's a franchise, you know. Like if Nintendo tomorrow was like, here's the Mario pack, the superstars or whatever yeah. it is. All stars. Like, oh yeah, you'd, cool. you'd go buy it in a second. Totally. But when it's something you never heard of, not so much. And it's not even like it's a huge hype game. Like Fall Guys it was like you might not have been interested in getting four guys, but when everyone was talking about it, it's like, went, all right, got yeah, it. I gotta get it. I gotta t- yeah. get a taste of this, you know. I gotta yeah. jump into it. Yeah, yeah, I totally know what you mean. Uh, so the next up was another management sim. This one's called Baron Breakfast. Uh, it's oh my you, god, 
you run a little bed and bur- breakfast and you're a bear. It looks very cute. It's got like a looks like it's got like an actual like full story and everything and there's like a natural progression of it. So I don't know that it's like an infinite. I'm sure there's like an infinite game mode or something when you beat it or whatever, but um it looks like it's kind of like Stardew Valley in that way, I guess, where like yeah, there is this- like an overarching narrative that you can kind of get into, which is cool. This was the one that stood out most to me that I was really excited about. I love the visual style. I love this kind of game. So I'm very much going to keep an eye out for this one when it lands in 2021. I really like games that are about like, or not games. I really like media that's about bears that are nice. There's a thing that I've noticed. Like I I like bear characters. So the fact that it's like- like, So you like Paddington and stuff, yeah. I did like Paddington a lot when I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Just like but, a British yeah. dig or no? Mate, I'm just curious. I was just saying, oh. you know, you like stuff like Paddington. It's not a dig. I liked Paddington when I was a kid too. I used okay. to have a Paddington teddy bear. He had yeah. a raincoat and a red hat. I had uh, sheets. Paddington. Oh, I think I might have had those as well. Yeah, they're good. Uh. Also, We Bear Bears. Great cartoon. Very wholesome. About three bears that are all nice bears. So, Do you remember uh, Hey Arthur? Did you ever have Hey Arthur? Uh, like, did you ever watch that? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't a bear, though. Was he not? There was a bear no, in that, he's though. A, he's an aardvark. An aardvark. No, there's an aardvark in it. I'm sure he was a bear. No, I'm telling you. It's Arthur the aardvark. Google it right now. Okay. There's definitely a bear in there because there's like well, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about this on After Dark. We're going to talk that, about this on After that Dark. There's that meme and he's got his headphones like this on the side of his head, but his ears are up the top. But he's not and a bear. Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll right bet you. money on it that he's not a bear. <laughs> okay. I'm not Googling that. We'll look it on After Dark. Save it for After Dark. All right. So uh, next up was A Short Hike, which is also out right now. This is what I've heard a lot about, actually. Um like when it came to PC last year. So this is one I was really interested in. I, I really like the art style. It looks cute. This is one I think I'm definitely going to check out. Okay. The, the only thing I could think when I saw this was he looks like Prinny the Penguin from the Disgaea games, who's like the mascot for um, the NIS games. That's funny. That's literally all I could think of when I saw him because he looks me, exactly it, like it. It really reminded me of like DS games. Where it was like DS that loose games. 3D style oh, yeah, yeah. pixels. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So then we also got to look at Card Shark, which is from the developer of Reigns, which is a really fun card game. Um, where it was like, it's it's all about like learning how to cheat in card games. <laughs> and it which takes I place like. In, like. Yeah. Yeah. It takes place in like 15th century France, I think it said it was. Um, yeah. Looks really cool. It's not until 2021, but one I'm keeping my eye on. I, I really dug Reigns, so um, I'm interested in, in what they're doing next. Uh, then we had Torchlight 3, which is uh, coming in fall 2020. I don't I don't care about Torchlight. No, me neither. I was like, oh, look, another Diablo clone. And then it was like, oh, Torchlight 3. And I'm just like, how are they putting so many of these games out? People it's are buying them. They must be. They must be. Crazy. Uh, so then we had Manifold Garden, which is another one of the games out now. And again, it's insane how many of these games are out now. Uh, this was another one where I was like, man, I really wish I was like, I wish this was the game. I wish this was my kind of game. Because I think that oh, really? visually, 
it looks so cool, but I just don't think I'll like it. Yeah. No, see, I, I saw this and I was like, yes, 100%, I need to get this game. And McCoy yeah, was the same, this. and we watched it We watched it together, and we were like, oh, yes, this is perfect. Because we just played, um, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was that perspective game, Super Liminal. And uh, oh. this seems to have some of that same perspective element to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like it's like walking through. Um, they said it's like walking through optical illusion paintings, and it's like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, it looks it looks really it cool. Very much evokes that, you know. Um, I just don't like this kind of puzzle game. Is not my thing. Usually, you don't so like environmental like, puzzlers. Not you really. Didn't like Portal or anything like that. I never played Portal. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a major that's major gap for me that as needs a gamer. fixing at some point. Oh, we should do like a series on that. Like, what are our major gaps? And that'd be fun. And then play them, them and review them. Yeah. <laughs> and it should yeah, be with someone who's like really big into the game. Like and and you can just trash talk it if you don't like it. And you can see how hurt they'll get. Like we can play Metroid with Max and he'll be like, this isn't very good. Why have I gotta keep going around and around and around in circles? And he's just like they're crying. <laughs> uh so then next up we had Evergate, which uh I saw more than one person compared to Ori. It has that kind of vibe to it. Uh, yeah, it's Metroidvania. It's you know, it's got a similar kind of like childlike main character. You know, very very cute art style. Um, not really for me. Like it, it looks nope, good, neither. but I just don't. I'm not a Metroidvania guy, and I think if I was going to play a game like this, I'd just try Ori because I've never tried Ori. Yeah, so. Uh, and then that was the last uh, game before we got a sizzle reel, which just had a ton of games in it. Um, I don't. None of these really like jumped out at me. Uh, I know that you had said the Red Lantern uh, interested you. Yeah, I think we've seen that one previously. We have. Yeah, we've seen most of these previously. The only other one that interested me was Unrailed, which I downloaded. It's like a voxel style oh. train game. That was the only other one that really stood out to me in the in the reel. I also was interested in the Red Lantern. That's the one, the Iditarod thing, where you're like, you got the, yes. the dogs and you're trying yeah. to survive. That looks really cool, actually. I was and now we've got a date of autumn 2020, so and we know it's coming out this year, unless obviously that so changes, because cool. there was that disclaimer again that COVID might change things. Um, but I'm yeah. hopeful that if they're given a date of autumn 2020, this close to autumn 2020, that they'll be able to keep it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, that would be a cool one. Give me something to play on the Switch this uh, this fall between PS5 games. <laughs> uh, and then last up, we've got a uh, free Untitled Goose Game co-op update, which, oh man, is that a delightful proposition? Yeah. I, w- I, w- I just wish this had come sooner because it would have been the perfect game to play with Macaulay, but we've now both played Untitled Goose Game. And yeah. so I don't know that we'll go back, but I, I I don't know if you've seen any of the details that you can you can basically put one of the ge- one of the geese in a box and just drag them around. It just looks so funny. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is like a really fun idea. I I I kind of feel the same way though, where I feel like I've kind of had my moment with that game. Yeah, I feel like it would be a fun thing to stream, but like if you can only do local co op, obviously that's a little tough right now. Unless you know we were to do it like with Macaulay or Sarah. So, mm-hmm. um, we'll see. I, I, I just, I, I was it's hopeful. Cool that it's free. Yeah, it's very cool that it's free. I was really hopeful for like a paid DLC with some additional levels or even some additional puzzles that they put into the levels that yeah, already same. exist. 
But just like something nice. else to get me to go back rather than just you can now play two player. And I get that the two player free update is great. They didn't have to do that. And obviously we're getting a physical version as well, which is also awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I just hoped for something more selfishly. Yeah, I, I, I would say I agree with you there. All right, so uh, before we wrap the show up, we're going to jump into the mail pot real quick. We got a couple here. Uh, this the first one comes from Asobi over on the Discord. He says, do you multitask while gaming, a.k.a. listening to music slash podcast while playing something not super story heavy or while grinding? Do you know Sometimes. the thing I do most with, the thing I do most with um, these kind of games is I'll take my Switch handheld and I'll just have TV or YouTube on while I'm playing the game. And I'm not really t- paying attention to the TV. Like, I'm kind of listening and I'll look up when I need to. But that's ha- pretty much how I played Animal Crossing. I was handheld while we were still, or we were watching, like, a TV show we'd already seen before or something. But we were, yeah. like, binge-watching The Good Place while I was playing Animal Crossing, for example. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I definitely do that uh, with that kind of game. Um, but I do do the podcast thing sometimes. It depends on the game, though. Like when I was playing Ghost um, and I was like wrapping up stuff for the the Platinum and I was just kind of like checking boxes and not really like the story's over and everything, um, I would I had like a podcast on. I was actually listening to a kind of funny spoiler cast with the game's director while I was oh, that's cool. like wrapping it up and I had like just finished the story the night before. So it it's was like, like a director's commentary kind of thing then. Yeah, it was like, oh, this is a cool experience, you know? Um, so that that it's something that I'll do from time to time. But uh, I'll also do that with, like, certain multiplayer games, you know, like, um, when I inevitably dip back into League of Legends, as I do every year for some amount of time, uh, I'll often do that. Like, I'll, like, have TV on, or I'll be listening to a podcast, yeah. or... I, I was doing it last week when I was playing um, Mario Kart, I was listening to Triple Click, and um, playing some Mario Kart, one more call, I was playing Minecraft. Yeah. Which was quite nice, actually. Yeah, it's, like, a nice way to, like, you know, like, keep your hands busy if you're, like trying to listen to a show but because i don't you know i don't usually just like sit and watch a podcast or listen to it you know but like no i can't no i like to kind of like have it while like i usually will do that while i'm like shopping or doing chores or whatever but if i have a show that i'm like ah i got like 20 minutes left and i want to finish it sure i'll pop on this game that i'm chipping away stuff at uh, so this next one comes from uh, another one of our um, <clears throat> another one of our members of the Discord, uh, one of our patrons, that Doc guy, uh, who's uh, actually again the Patreon producer of this episode. So thanks again, Doc. Uh, do you think Sony will ever play nice with other developers slash publishers like Microsoft and Nintendo? And following that question, which is more of a personal one than oh, I'm sorry, which is more of a personal one than anything? Do you think they'll ever let Level Five do anything good again? <laughs> um, I. I don't know. I think it's tough because I think the reason that Sony is less like less inclined to do things like that is because they're on top. So like I think if they see a significant loss this generation where the gap is a little bit closer or, you know, they feel like they need to be more competitive and like they're getting their lumps because everybody else is playing ball and they aren't like they did with the, the Fortnite situation. I think that's when you're going to see them bend because until then it doesn't behoove them to bend. It doesn't behoove them to play nice with others because they don't need to. And there's not really a financial imperative to when you have a bigger user base, right? Like if they're, if, if 
say next generation PS5 and the Xbox Series X are like really close together in sales, and because of that, you know, uh, you have a worse experience playing on PlayStation because there's a smaller player pool. That would be when I think they would be like, okay, there's no reason for us to not do this anymore. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that, but I think I also see them dipping their toes into potentially doing this by releasing a, a lot of their exclusives on PC. And if they run on PC, they presumably will run on Xbox Series X. And I, I think it, again, depends on how well the sales go for the PS5. It really is just who, about who's on top. I don't think Microsoft really wanted to play ball when they were number one with with the Xbox 360, and I don't think Nintendo was really working with Sony when they uh, were going to do the PlayStation thing on the SNES. They just decided to do what they wanted in the, on their own. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, as far as the level five thing, man, you're asking the wrong cat. I'm sorry, I don't know. They, they're doing Yokai Watch, so I think that's probably what they're going to do until that's not popular anymore. Because that's printing money, baby. Didn't they do the Professor Layton games as well? Ah, it doesn't look Are like Are they it. still doing those or no? Oh, you know what? They did They did do some of them anyway. They haven't done one in quite some time though. Oh, well that's that's all I ever knew them for. The last I've one that never, they I've... did was uh, Professor Layton and the Azran Legacy, which came out on DS in 2013. Looks like it was the last wow, one. Oh, okay. A long time ago. Since then, yeah. it's... Oh, you know what? They did Layton's Mystery Journey, actually, as well. But that was... That's the phone one, isn't it? It was also on 3DS, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, mostly uh, Yokai Watch and Snack World and uh, some some Nino Kuni here and there. But they've been doing a lot of mobile stuff, so... I don't know, man. They're all over the map. Uh, I really want to try Yokai Watch just because I love the, the box art for that latest game. It just looks so cool. Mm. But, um... I've never played them. Yeah, I just think, like, I'm too old. You know, Pokemon's my, my monster game. I think if I've I... been talking to to someone who, like, followed me on Twitter, and they're just a big Digimon person, and I can't relate to that at all. Oh, dude, I loved Digimon when I was a kid, and my, my boy Marco from the Comics Pals is, like, a huge Digimon fan. Uh, I, I definitely fucks with Digimon, but, like, I like the anime more than, like, the, I played some of the games on the PlayStation 1, like, Digimon World uh, 1 and 3 are both really good. I didn't really like 2 that much, um, but after that, I don't really have any experience with them. But 1 in Digimon World 1 and 3, it's good stuff. Okay. Uh, the next one comes from Kai of All Snacks from the Discord, uh, aka Zade, who uh, writes in uh, by email sometimes says, are you at all interested in Genshin Impact for the Switch slash PS4? Seems like it is a Breath of the Wild clone, so maybe worth checking out. P.S. Pumped to see Pete is hopping back into P5R, and Steve, you need to get back in. I'll buy you Royal if you decide you want to hop <laughs> You got You got an offer for a free game here, Steve. Come on. I do need to finish Persona, but I'm just looking at Genshin Impact, and yes, it's 100% a Breath of the Wild clone, but a little bit more anime. Um, I'm not interested. I'm ready to play Breath of the Wild, and if I'm gonna play a clone, I I'm still waiting on Gods and Monsters from Ubisoft. That to me <laughs> seemed like such a cool game. I really hope they give us some news on it at some point. Yeah, I uh, I remember seeing this in 
I don't know, like what there was. It was in like a, a an event recently or something. Or like I remember seeing a trailer for it and having the same thought of like, yeah, it looks like a Breath of the Wild clone. That's kind of interesting, but I'm kind of g- generally with you on that one, Steve. Where it's just like nothing about it really jumped out to me aside from the fact that it looks like a Breath of the Wild clone and like. I don't know. Like, I don't I don't really need that. I feel like Breath of the Wild 2 is around the corner. So, um, if, if it comes out and, you know, it, like, really, really hits and people are like, no, like, this is great. You should, you should check this out. You should fuck with this. Like, I, I could see myself giving it a shot maybe, but in general, like, anime style games are not really my jam. So, meh, I don't know. Uh, and then our, our last two here come from uh, from our own Chewy Plays, uh, who says, you can pick one existing Mario spinoff to go mobile. Which do you pick? I don't even want that. Like, that's like such There's a... There's one I want. What? There's one I what want. What do you want? Well, Chloe wants, because Chloe, who said she was here in spirit, said she wants to add her two cents, which is golf. And that may be a product of a sports story getting delayed. So I can relate to that. But the one I want, and it's a little bit of a cheese, Captain Toast Treasure Tracker, because I think that would be perfect on mobile. And you could do some really cool things with, like, swiping and tilting and the stu- all the stuff that you get with, with a phone. Um, and I think that that would make a an actual fun game. But it won't work because it doesn't have gems and ads and ways to suck money out of people. And people don't pay for mobile games. Yeah, that's my thing, man. Like, it's not a fun opinion, and I don't like shitting in people's cornflakes, but I don't like mobile games. Um, And that's why I don't like mobile games. You know, I think, like, I already don't like the platform. Like, I don't really like playing games on a touchscreen. So there's already, like, a barrier of interest for me there. And I think when you couple it with the fact that a lot of mobile games are, like, super shallow and are very based around getting you to engage with microtransactions, like... It's just not it's just not for me. And like mm-hmm. I think a lot of the quote unquote core gamers that I know who do play mobile games are like, well, it's like a time waster. It's a good time waster. And it's like I don't have time to waste at all. So like if I'm gonna play a game, I wanna play a good game. And if I'm just trying to like waste time on my phone, like I'll read, you know, or I'll scroll through social media or something, like that's that's what I do to bullshit on my phone. So I don't, you know, I just, uh, there's not really any of the mobile games from Nintendo that have really struck a chord with me either. Like I played Fire Emblem Heroes for a little bit, but, you know, I fell off of it pretty quickly. And that's kind of been my experience with every one of them. Like I played Pocket Camp for a little bit and lost interest. And, you know, they're, they're, they're nothing but like a distraction at the end of the day when they do come out. So when Nintendo recently kind of like we learned that they weren't going to be focusing on mobile anymore, like that's great news for me because I don't, you know, I don't really want to see more of these games. Like I always hope for the best for them because, you know, the more money Nintendo makes that they can funnel into games that I actually want to play is great. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really, you know, except for the odd game like Florence, which was like a premium game that I bought and loved. Um, mobile stuff just doesn't appeal to me. Uh, last question of the day, another one from Chewy says, what Nintendo franchise are you surprised hasn't gone mobile yet, and why is it Nintendogs? That is <laughs> that actually a great idea. That would totally work as a mobile game, and I'll tell you what, I might even fuck with that, because I do like Pet Sims, so I could see that. So there's cats in there. 
Like, you know, when they did Nintendogs and cats. Yeah, that'd be great. I could get down with the cat ones. Well, you're not allergic uh, to could... virtual dogs, Steve. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, I've got a special place in my heart for cats. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I honestly don't... I can't think of a better answer than that. No, there isn't one, I don't think. I was thinking... The only things I could think that you could do is, like, um, you could do a WarioWare-style thing. You could do Brain Age... And just bring over, like, Sudoku and all the brain Brain age is a good answer, too. Um, I could see them doing, like, Metroid just to give them something to play because they haven't had a game since, like, 1980 at this point. I feel like uh, Wii Fit would be good, too. A fitness one. Well, you've got Ring Fit now. Sure. I don't know if they would even do something. They could do, like, a companion app for that. Like, get your keep doing your Ring Fit adventure stuff, put it in your pocket, go for a run. And it actually tracks, like, running and yeah. things. And then when you come back, it gives you all the, like, ring fit points that you can then use in the game. Yeah, I think those all would make sense. Pikmin might work as well. That I was thinking that, too. I was like, Pikmin as, like, a tower defense could work. Yeah, that could work. Because everyone plays Clash of Clans for some reason. Yeah. I mean, tower, tower defense games are fun. So, I don't know. I could see that working as well. That's probably... Oh, Star Fox could also work as like mm-hmm. a you could do like a gyro thing move that yeah yeah that could work for sure cool successful episode steve thank you all for joining us here <laughs> on another it. episode of the podcast <laughs> uh remember if you want to show your support give us a like give us a share head over to patreon get uh after dark which we're about to hop into just for a buck uh, if you want to get more content, head over to lootpots.com where uh, we're breaking news stories again. Head over to the YouTube channel where we've got uh, Pixels Pikmin 3 video that you can check out. Head over to the Twitch channel. Head over to the social media. Head over to all the places where you get your video game content. We're there. We're making content for you. We love you. Go find us. We're at Lootpots everywhere that social media is sold. All right. We'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast.